You can have really shitty landlords and they can make your life hell. Or you can have good landlords. The key is, is negotiations aren't like I win, you lose, you win, I lose. Everybody should win out of this. Welcome to Gym Owner Freedom. I am Scott Carpenter and I am a former broke, struggling, frustrated, and overworked gym owner that felt stuck no matter what I did to try and improve the business. Once I realized that the answer wasn't what I thought it was, just getting more clients, and after really doing the math on acquisition and churn rates, I realized I wasn't even playing a winnable game to begin with. With my current price structure, mathematically, there was no way I could afford to pay my staff so I could scale up and out of the business that I could have the time, the money, the impact, and the freedom that I always knew I was capable of. Once I learned how to add value by selling transformational programs to people who needed more than just workouts, everything changed in my life. Today, I own six gyms that all run without me, and I am free to pursue my passion projects and work just because I love to, not because I have to. And if that's a goal that we mutually share together, then this is the show for you. I'm going to teach you the framework to make way more money with less clients and open up a world of possibilities to you. Subscribe, leave a review, and tune in every week. It'll change your life. I promise you that. Okay, welcome uh, to all you gym owners out there. We're going to get going on this training started right away. Um, today, I'm going to cover something that's important to every single one of us. It has gotten me into a lot of trouble in big ways and a lot of other gym owners that I know of as well. And so today, today we're going to cover commercial lease tactical training. Okay, so we're going to go over the know-how that will save your ass from being in a really bad situation. Things that will help you negotiate a better lease, things that will help you negotiate a better renewal as well. Um, so drop, first of all, drop a comment right now uh, in the chat box just to make sure you can hear me. I want to make sure I'm on. All right, Dave, you got that? Cool, perfect. Um, good. So drop anything you need in the chat box. We'll get to Q&As after I get done teaching some of the basics. So whatever your individual questions are on your lease or your renewal or your situation, um, go ahead and fire them in the chat box or the Q&A in the meantime. Thanks, Dave, for letting me know. Um, and we'll get to those afterwards, too. So, yeah, we're going to get right into this. So, first of all, why are we covering this topic? Well, I've been on call with lots of gym owners. Some of them got their asses booted to the curb. Like, they're, they're building, their, their landlord decided, hey, I'm going to take that space. Here's 30-day notice. I'm going to take it, take it over. Or they sold it to somebody who came in and doubled their rent or kicked them out. Um, at the very least, you are probably going to run into needing to replace your HVAC system. And I don't know if you paid attention to what's happened since the pandemic, but this is at, in, in my location number four, my fourth location. It's pretty much, we just had our last tune up on the AC unit. It is on its last legs. The thing's like 18 years old. That to replace it is 14 grand at the cheapest quote. And we're getting other ones at 16 to 18,000. And a lot of us just don't expect or anticipate something like that happening. But did you know there's ways that you can cover this in your lease where maybe you're only responsible for $1,000 of that $14,000 bill? So these are things that are like, oh my God, if I knew that shit, or if I had that negotiating tactic, it would have saved not just tens of thousands, but literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because I've got six locations and I'm currently negotiating a seventh lease. I've handled many renewals. I've made many mistakes. So my main goal of today 
is I want to save you guys from making those same mistakes that I have, because those dollars can add up big time. And when we talk about you sleeping well at night, for you multi-location owners out there or those who want to have multiple locations, one thing, what is the one thing that holds you back and like makes you second guess growing? The personal guarantee on the lease. And so they're not always unavoidable to get out of, but there's ways to structure it where you're really limited and you can eventually get all those off, which is great. Because at the end of the day, I don't want you taking a risk and growing your business and, and literally the worst, the combination of the worst things happen where you lose your three best people and this and this and this, and that take down your entire life. Um, that nearly happened to me. If I didn't have personal guarantees, it would have been a different story. Um, but I should hit the fan a few years ago before I developed the foundation that I had now put me in a bad spot. So let's get right to this, guys. Um, OK, I'm going to share my screen and just pound some likes and loves if you want me to get right into it and we'll go. All right, so I'm going to make some notes for you guys. If you guys are making your own notes, that would be great. Um, absolutely great to do as well. So let's talk about these different things that you need to know that's going to save your ass. Um, and I've had some really bad things happen. So my very first one, my very first lease, it was Tweedledee and Tweedledum, two owners who own this place. They were the worst landlords in the world. They, it was half vacant for its entirety, half vacant. And what they did, because I didn't have one exclusive clause in there, they actually put a direct competitor in right next to me in the unit next door. We could hear their music pounding all day long. And in fact, they would have their clients do walking lunges up and down the sidewalk in front of our windows. To say it was a horrible situation was the very least. The, the worst thing is they came and overcut our rates. This is when I was doing large group training. And they came in, I think it was at 99 bucks a month right next to us. It was the worst situation. Moreover, the brother lived in the other unit next to me, like on the other side, which is not legal, okay? And he would come out, wake up at 10 a.m., shirtless. Our doors were right next to each other on our units. He would smoke inside of his unit, say that he's not, but it would filter through the walls. He also had dogs that would bark all day. He let them shit all over the floor and kept the piles of shit because I went in there for a couple of renewals. The multiple pieces of shit are just lying on the floor. It was a horrible situation. I ended up calling the city, getting his ass out of there. But the bottom line is that was one of the worst landlord situations I had. And there were three units, only two operational for HVAC. I was still liable for the third unit that never worked when somebody else bought that building too. Now, thankfully, you know, I put two middle fingers up and bought the building across the street, but I could have saved myself a ton of stress if I knew how to do this stuff before. So that's just one instance. Um, I know in others that a, a new owner came in, bought the building, 30 days get out. They had to rebuild from scratch, but they lost half their people by the time they could get another space secured. So this happens. Okay. So number one, guys, let's go right into it. Okay. Number one, lawyers. Okay. We tend to not want to spend the money. When I started this, I didn't use lawyers at all, which was not a good move because I was broke. I didn't have the money to do it. That being said, they are worth the money. Always have a lawyer review this. Um, and even with this advice, like just, just have them do it. It's, it's a very smart thing to do. It's a lot of insurance uh, in your case. So let's go over really quick the two main types of, of leases. So there's two main types, right? You have your, your gross leases and you have your triple nets, um, which are just like that, triple nets. Now, most of the ones out there are triple nets. 
And this is where people can get surprised by a lot of extra monthly bills. So a lot of times the price per square foot is per year. So if it's $12 a square foot, which is massively low, let me know if you can get that. $12 a square foot and it's 1,000 square feet, that means it's $12,000 a year divided by um, 12 months. So you're looking at 1,000 bucks a month. Now that's super cheap. Obviously, nobody has that. But the cams are on top of that. The, the triple net lease, there's cams. So there's common area, maintenance, insurance. You're paying for their property management. You're paying for the upkeep of, of the driveways. You're paying for the taxes and the insurance on that place. That can be five, six dollars a square foot, sometimes even more. So sometimes in that case, if it's six hours a square foot and it's a 12, it, your, your lease is 50% more expensive than you were thinking it was going to be. Most out there are triple nets, okay? You will find some gross leases more in industrial areas or office complexes, but for the most part, they're all triple nets. Um, so just know that when you're going into these. Now, your term, this is where mistakes are made because the longer term that you can get the sweeter deal it is going to be for you, especially some of the tactics I'm going to share in just a second. So the term, we kind of want to minimize our risk and be like, oh, we'll do two years or three years. If you're betting on yourself, okay, what can you really do in two or three years? Like you go in for five, okay? Going for five is usually recommended. Um, the personal guarantee is where we have a hangup. What if I did a 10-year? Okay, well, I mean, it locks you in. It really protects you. But there's also cons. If you're in an area where there's a lot of different pieces of real estate to buy, you might not want to be locked in for that long of a term. Okay. But for the most part, give yourself a healthy time to really do this. Now, the con is that personal guarantee. Like, okay, well, I'm personally guaranteeing this for five years instead of two or three. Well, there's a way around that and we'll get to that in a minute. But your term is important. Bet on yourself. If you're opening up a business, bet on yourself, get a longer term for a better loan because quite often, what you can also do is your TI, tenant improvements. Whatever shape the building is in, like you got to dump in your own money. So if you got to put in rubber floors, you got to put in mirrors, you got to put in anything like that. Um, what's going to be important is uh, that you try to get the landlord to cover as much of that as possible. In some cases, it might not be. But in many cases in mine, the reason I was able to start up multiple locations when I was broke is because I got good at crafting clever deals. Now, tenant improvements... Yeah, they can add up. And especially post-pandemic, shit is expensive. By the time, if you have to build out a bathroom or, or just revamp or whatever, it gets really expensive. Your ceilings, you got to raise the drop ceilings or whatever it is. If you got to level the floor before laying out your rubber flooring, all those kind of things can take a tremendous amount of money. The way I like to negotiate my leases is to have the landlord do that, okay? Now, this is common practice, but... For us smaller folks, okay, us small business owners, we tend to not get the best deals if we don't know what we're doing. Starbucks can go in there and negotiate a scream of a deal because they carry a lot of weight. They know those bills are going to be paid and they know it's going to attract other people. So the stronger you can present yourself as an operator or your financial background, the stronger the deal. Now, if we have time, I'll get into the one that I'm currently negotiating. And because I have six gyms, and this will be a seventh. They know I'm a good operator. They are bending over backwards to get me in. So your financial standing, both as a business operator and your personal financial sheet, those can really help you out. Now, if that's weaker for you, don't worry about it. That's okay. Everybody starts there. 
nobody starts, you know, bringing multiple millions of dollars, right? So the, the, the more you go, the easier it becomes, the better deals you get. That's just how it works. But don't worry, I started from nothing, okay? So that will really help your case and is a point of leverage for you if you can. Okay, so let's talk about the personal guarantee. This is what makes us really gun shy, is the fact that we've got to put our personal finances on and your spouses typically, right, on the hook if something goes wrong. And if your business fails, it's bad enough if your business fails and your investment flops and all the time and the money you put in goes. But what really sucks is the fact that then they can come after the equity in your house. They can come after your car. They can come after your savings accounts. And that is extremely scary. That is extremely scary um, to be in that sort of a situation. And just throw in the chat bot uh, chat box if, if you have a personal guarantee so I know how many people do. Okay, It's really good for me to get a pulse on where you're at so I can steer you guys in the right direction. But that personal guarantee quite often is mandatory. Um, and quite often, it's difficult to avoid. But there are ways you can do it. So the way I do it, the more, and here's the thing, it's a trade-off. If you're, yeah, yeah, Dave, yep, you know about that. Um, so if the, the better deal you negotiate in terms of the landlord putting in their money to build out your business, the more likely they are to require a personal guarantee. And that's fair. If they're going to handle $40,000 worth of improvement into the property so you move in and it's ready, they're going to want to know that their investment is sound. So it's reasonable. So here's what I did. In this one in particular, I'm having them put it in vanilla shell condition. Okay, It's not and raise the drop ceiling up because I want tall ceilings in there. They're going to build out an office. They're going to put it in vanilla shell condition, meaning they're going to level out the floor ready to just roll rubber in it. They're going to build out an office. They're going to build out the bathrooms. They're going to raise the ceilings. They're going to make sure all the HVAC and all the utilities and everything are good to go. They're also going to install a double door because the single door is not wide enough to get in the equipment without a pain in the ass, right? So they're going to do all that plus, see if it's in here. It's in here somewhere. There's the door, um, rent abatement. We'll get into that, getting free rent, right? Um, it's in here somewhere. Uh, condition of space, there's, there's the TI. But the TI, um, I'm going to have them reimburse us $5 a square foot, I believe. So they're going to bring in 9,100. Not only are they going to, um, they're going to contribute to putting it vanilla shell, building out the office, the bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. They're also going to reimburse us like $9,100. For us then to put in our flooring and our mirrors and paint and whatever else. So that is amazing. They are largely going to cover the whole thing. And again, because I have leverage, our rate is phenomenal. Phenomenal. $15 a square foot plus the triple net charges is ridiculous. Really, really, really good. Triple nets are estimated at $450 there. Okay. So um, the personal guarantee, let's get back to that. The more they put their money in, the bigger personal guarantee. So here's how I got around that in this deal. I negotiated the personal guarantee to just be for three years. And the cool thing is this is like the best lease I've ever negotiated. And it is because I've done so many of these things and learned from them. But all in, even with taxes, it's like 3,100 bucks a month. That's it. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm on the hook for about 100 grand over three years. That's nothing, okay? I have an operating partner in this one too. But the personal guarantee, try to negotiate that where it's just for a period of two, three, four, five years, and it falls off after. If, it's, if they need it for the whole term, you can't get around that, we'll have that come off in the option if you option to renew. Because at that point, after five years, 
pretty safe to say that you can pay your bills, right? Okay, so that's the personal guarantee. Uh, we've covered some TI, some tenant improvements. Um, use, okay? In my third location, I had a, uh, a nutrition supplement store come in two doors down. And he was a dick. The first thing he does is come in. He's like, oh, you can't. I had some protein shakes and stuff in the fridge and stuff like that. And a few stuff. He's like, oh, you can't do that. I have an exclusive use to be, able to, to be able to do that. Well, that's debatable because I'm currently doing it before the landlord assigned an exclusive use. But here's the lesson, okay? Let's say you wanted to bring in a physical therapist. Let's say you wanted to bring in rehab type stuff, right? You wanted Normatec tables or you wanted uh, a cold plunge or anything like that. And I'm not saying any of these are great ideas or whatever, but what I'm saying is that if you want to sell something, you want to do those things, I want you to put this in the use clause, okay? So normal is like, oh, we'll do like personal training or group training, you know, fitness services, right? Fitness services. But if a physical therapist comes in later and demands an exclusive use and you're not currently doing it, you might not be able to do that. So whatever you may want, to use your facility for, I want you to put it in the allowable uses for your space because it could bite you in the ass three years later, okay? So your use. Then there's the exclusive use. If I had this on my first place, I wouldn't have had a direct competitor move right in next to me. Now, I didn't think I would have needed it because there's only like 10 units in the whole little corner shop, okay? So I don't think, I mean, it had to be a pretty stupid landlord which he was, so don't give anybody credit for that. But he had to be a pretty stupid landlord to put a direct competitor in right next to me because that would piss me off, right? And it did to the point where years later, I bought the place across the street and moved out, you know? So anyways, if I had an exclusive use for the only one who could have fitness services, I would have been safe from a competitor moving in. So here's, here's a word of advice too. Don't be too scared with this. Don't be too hesitant. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you don't have to worry about everything. You know, if you're group training, semi-private training, one-on-one -on -one training, and you have a yoga person move in, you know, it's not a big deal. Like that can be complimentary. So don't worry about it being too restrictive. Okay. Cause that, the that doesn't benefit the landlord either. Um, so exclusive use. Now, when we talk about what I negotiated too, and you can see some redlining, cause we went back and forth on a few things on the negotiation table, um, but at the end of the day, I got four months of half rent, okay? So rent abatement, and don't think this is just for a new, new lease. Rent abatement can be done for your renewals. You can also get TI. Let's say, you know, the bathrooms, when you moved in, you did nothing to them, and now they're really getting gated because this is three, five, eight, ten 10 years later. And the place is just run down. You can negotiate TI for the renewal. So the number one thing that you guys should know is everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable before you sign the lease. Everything is negotiable while you're doing that and when you have your letter of intent. Um, and it's negotiable after and even the renewals. Even if you have an option to renew, you can still negotiate that. Now, will you get anywhere? That's not guaranteed. But if you don't ask for things and you don't know how to ask for things, you'll never get that deal. So rent abatement. And if you notice, like in, in this, I went after a lot. I went after the condition with vanilla shell. I went after um, tenant improvements, them getting to pay for it. I went uh, in on rent abatement. I went in on a personal guarantee. I went in on the HVAC units. I'm not responsible for anything over this, this cost right here. That could potentially save me a $14,000 bill. Okay. Multiple, because there's more than one units here. There's two units. So it can be a lot.
So there's a lot. And then you can also negotiate on your security deposit, the first month's rent. Um, there's so many things that you can negotiate on. So the main thing is like, I went after a lot in my letter of intent. A letter of intent is before you get the lawyer involved. So letter of intent first, negotiate your terms, then get your attorney involved to review the lease. Okay. That way you're not wasting thousands of dollars on an attorney for no reason. Okay. So rent abatement is one that you can go after. Your fixturization period. This is different from your rent abatement. So let's say you sign it and you get like, hey, I'm going to get four months free rent. Well, you don't want that to start if it takes you two months to get the flooring and the mirrors and the paint and the sign be ready to open. So in your letter of intent, you want to have a fixturization period, maybe of a month and a half or two months. Then your rent will abatement will start after. Okay. So that's a little trick because a lot of people miss out on that. So fixturization period. And then, yes, as I kind of hinted at your repairs, your liability, this could be the HVAC systems. This could be uh, glass on the front, right? Typically, any kind of a triple net lease, you are really responsible for everything but the roof and the outside of the building. That's simply how they're set up. It's very biased towards the landlord, right? So you, if you have one, two, three, four, five units, six units in some of these bigger places, you have a lot of liability on your hands that you don't know about, okay? And they can be very costly. Because we're still entering supply issues with, with everything from the pandemic, they're massively expensive. And for us, like, it's, it, I mean, I'm in Arizona, right? It's super hot. If we have an AC unit shut down, we might have to shut down. That happened. That happened once. My smallest location is 1,300 square feet. That, uh, that went out. We had to shut down for several days. Now, luckily, I've got multiple, multiple locations. So what we did, we arranged to go to another location for a period of a few days until we got the new unit in. But you're really at the mercy um, of some of these maintenance guys. So Typically, the, the landlords are going to want you to do regular maintenance on it, like quarterly and stuff like that. Um, but if you get them to warranty the main repairs or replacements, you're going to be way ahead of the game. So in this case, um, I wanted to, I want to do not exceed $1,000 in cost for any repairs or replacements. They countered at $1,500. That's pretty damn fair. I would venture to say 95% of leases plus probably way more than that. It's just blanket all on the tenant. And I don't know if you realize how much you're on the hook for. So if, if you're going for your new place, make sure you negotiate that in there. If you're going for your renewal, okay, that's where you want to bring that to the table. Absolutely. And here's the thing. While I'm on this subject, good landlords are great landlords. You can have really shitty landlords and they can make your life hell or you can have good landlords. Great landlords actually save you a lot. So the key is, is negotiations aren't like, I win, you lose, you win, you win, I lose. You want a great relationship. At the end of the day, most of them just want your money and less hassle. So first of all, be a good tenant. Second of all, like be reasonable with negotiations, right? Everybody should win out of this. So in the case, I've got two of my locations are by the same landlord. They're in different, different locations, but he owns both. Great landlords. So I've had nothing but positive experiences with them, and I try to my best to be a good tenant. 
So in this particular one, this is in my location number four, okay? In location number four, this is where we're dealing with that $14,000 bill, okay? Now, at this point, I didn't know enough to write that in there and negotiate it, right? But at the end of the day, that unit is probably 16, 18 years old, something like that. When we got our last checkup, the guys are like, okay, this could go out any minute. My guess is it won't last for the end of summer. It's beyond its serviceable replacement. Like they switched the the R, the refrigerant, right? So it's soup. You just don't want to, you just got to be replaced. 14 grand is the lowest bid. So at the end of the day, I'm responsible for all, all that, but I know he's a good landlord. He's reasonable. And I even pitched uh, re-signing early, re-signing the lease earlier, um, basically to help offset this. And I mean, my rationale was, was reasonable. It's like, listen, I'm responsible for, yes, the HVAC unit keeping in good condition. And we have been doing that. That being said, I can no longer keep this in good condition. It's past its usable life. Um, so I just asked if he'd be willing to, um, what, we could, what we could do about it. I asked him, I challenged him to solve the problem. You know what he came to the table with? We didn't even have to renew early. He came to the table with, you know what? Yeah, get those bids. I'd be willing to reimburse you half. So this is over an email. And I just asked him, hey, how can we solve this? And, you know, bottom line, that just saved me $7,000 right there. So that's why I do these lives, guys. I can probably just make you boatloads of money or prevent you from losing boatloads of money from something like this. This is why I want you to come in here live every week, because I'm going to be teaching you everything that I've learned over the past, you know, 11 years in business so that you can get there faster you don't take the long road like I did and you can prevent making those same mistakes. Um, so there we go. So good landlords, like if you have a good relationship, that's amazing. Don't burn those bridges. Don't negotiate hard where you piss them off. Keep them as good landlords, okay? Um, negotiate everything like a win-win. That's the best case scenario. All right, what else? Um, small things, security deposit, right? A lot of them will want to apply your security deposit to the last month's rent or sorry, security deposit plus last month's rent. That means you have to pay first. And that last sits there. So make that your first month rent. That's just 101 stuff. Um, so yeah, do that. So that way you're not paying three months of rent, essentially. Your security deposit is usually like a month of rent, right? Um, that will just save you a bunch of upfront costs, whether this is your first location, whether it's your fifth location. Um, so those are some of the main things um, that are going to be really important for you to know. So if we take a look at, at this one, um, I got, this one was negotiated a good year and a half, maybe a little bit longer ago. There's still some work on it, right? So as you notice, I didn't take my own advice, personal training, exercise, and related uses. We should be more specific on that, okay? Um, that's gonna be more important. And again, you can always negotiate this. So this is um, just an LOI. This is what you wanna do. When you start negotiating with something, start with an LOI. It just kind of lays out the basic terms and what you want, that is, then you take that, once you agree on that, then you take that and put that in a lease. And there can be more negotiations. That's where you want the attorney to review it for the fine print. So in this one, we did a five-year with a three-year option. That's another thing, options, okay? Um, always, always negotiate options for you. Preferably, two. Why two, okay? The reason I want two in there is I want a shorter term and a longer term. Now, you didn't see one in there. I'll get this added later. But everyone's in different locations. You may be in prime time to buy 
a building or you might want to buy that building in the future. So you want to keep some options open, but you want to protect yourself because if and be wary, if you have low rent, if you have low rent, be careful. If you don't have options, if you're going month to month or you don't have much longer in your lease because the landlord could put you back at market rate any minute. They also could sell that building and the new landlord comes in there and immediately goes to market rent, which could be double. And that happens as well. Um, that just happened to got two people, two gym owners that I know of. And you could be out on your ass um, or you could just be paying double right off the bat. And your business is not prepared to do that. So be cautious. This is why you want to make sure to handle your renewals. Make sure to handle renewals and your options well ahead of time. It will protect you. More options for you is better. Okay. Um, I would like a shorter term in case you want to buy another building or you want to buy that building. And because real estate is a very lucrative long-term investment, where I can, I buy my, my facilities too. Some of them are, are in primetime retail and they're like $16 million complexes. Those I'm not ready to buy yet. But, um, but for those that you can buy, it's a really good, uh, really good way to go. So along those lines, you, wanna, you should put in a first right of refusal that if they're going to sell the business, you get the first right to buy it, particularly if it's something within your range, especially like those of you that are in like a single building or something like that, always get that in there because typically your mortgage is going to be lower than your rent. And if you have, if you sublet different or if you rent out different units to it, they'll pay your entire mortgage, uh, which is a great way to go. So, so anyways, if we look at this, um, the $15 a square foot is ridiculous. I went in really low. And I got lower than I thought. This is really, really, really good. Again, this was negotiated a year and a half, almost two years ago. So we didn't pull the trigger on this location because we had a lot going on. Um, and we didn't have an operator for this. So the way I'm growing now is I can't take on anything more with my gyms. I'm retired from them. I'm going to stay retired from them. So any more locations that I open, I'm going to get an owner operator that is vested, that is, has skin in the game, that's going to crush it. And I'm going to help accelerate the hell out of their business, make them super successful very quickly. And I'm going to supply the capital that they don't have either. So it's going to be a win, win, win all the way around. Um, but this, this was negotiated, yeah, year and a half, two years ago. I'm going to revive this deal. Okay. Um, now that we have an amazing operator, uh, I'm going back to the landlord saying, hey, if you're prepared to do the same deal, I'll sign right now. Okay. So we're right in the middle of that. I will keep you how it goes. But $15 a square foot. The um, 450 is the cam. So let's go through this. This is 1,800 square feet, roughly. I think it's a little bit more, but let's do this. So you guys know $15 per square foot plus 450 is 1950. So here's how we calculate that would be, what, what that rent payment would be. So 1950 times 1,800 square feet is 35, a little over 35 grand. Divide that by 12 for the monthly. 2925 is the monthly rate on this plus local taxes, which isn't much, probably like 100, 150 bucks. So I'm just, I'm all in at probably a little over three grand, 3,100 bucks, something like that. That's how I would calculate what that is. Now in some States like California, they do it per square foot per month instead of year. So slightly different, but most places do it this way. Um, that's how that works. Uh, the rent will increase each year by 3%. That is standard. Now, because this deal is so good, I didn't nitpick on this, but your increases, I want to see 
no more than 3%, okay? But a good way to do it, let's say you sign a five-year and they want to increase the rent 3% every year. Here's a way that I've been able to do it multiple times successfully to avoid those incremental 3% for five years. So you got 3% in the first year, year two, it's another three, then it's another three, then it's another three. So what I've done, and this has worked successfully, is it'll be the same rent for, let's say it's a five-year term, five years, and then it will adjust to market um, or the, the 3% increases. So as if it did that, but what I skip, I skip five years of increases. So it's, that's been very advantageous. And for whatever reason, it works with the landlords because you know what they really want, especially the ones that are owned by big, big REITs, big corporations, they want market rent. So you can be very flexible on your terms, but they value market rent. They will, the big REITs will let a place sit empty for three years and get $0 a month for three years just to get market rent. Okay, because they can drive up the prices of the market. So that's a little tip on there that they value that. So your terms can be really good if you give them market rent. So it's not always price per square foot is your best negotiating strategy. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I think we kind of reviewed a lot of the other things. So uh, first month's rent in there, condition of space. They're going to build out the office. They're going to get everything up to code. They're going to do the restroom. They're going to raise the drop ceilings, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, vanilla shell condition, that that whole stuff. So they're going to remove interior walls that we didn't want, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, doorway, they're going to give a double door, right? Not a lot of people think about that until you realize, holy shit, I can't get anything in the building. Um, landlord contribution, this is where they are going to reimburse us $5 a square foot. So like, I think it's like 9,100 bucks or so. Um, fixturization period, we got 45 days before our rent abatement will even start, Right. The warranty, it's going to be in good working condition. They're going to be responsible for any major repairs over 1500 bucks. That is massive, okay? Personal guarantee, okay? Uh, three years only. That is a steal. That is a steal for what they're putting in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit on that one. Now, uh, let me check some. Go ahead and start typing some Q&A questions because I'm going to take questions that you have on your specific lease. Um, I can only see what's coming in internally in the webinar. So uh, Dave, Will, Josh, if people are writing anything on Facebook, if you could copy that and throw it in there, that would be great for me and helpful. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into questions and answers that you have on it. Uh, but for the most part, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, yeah, I think we're good. So uh, before we get to Q&A, if you got value out of this training um, and if you need some help with this or helping your gyms become profitable, because that's like mine are, that's what we do. We run extremely profitable gyms where we need less than 100 people. And it doesn't even matter if you're a large group or semi or one-on-one, our framework to, to bring in signature high ticket programs for people who need more than workouts, it bolts on to any business. Um, so a lot of you are familiar with our stuff. If you need help with that, if you have questions about, hey, what are the constraints in my business that are preventing me from making hundred, two hundred, $300,000 profit each year out of a single location, um, drop advice in the comments. So just comment advice. And what's going to happen after that? So uh, some of you know him. Josh Price is an amazing amazing guy, uh, gym owner. He's been a gym mentor for a long time. Uh, what he'll do, he'll reach out to you and kind of kind of ask you some questions, see where your constraints are. He'd be happy to hop on a quick 
10, 15 minute call with you um, to figure out where your constraints are. And one of two things will happen. A, he's either going to point you to free resources that we have uh, that are going to be relevant to you, whether it's leads or sales or whatever. Um, or what you can do is you can also really do a deep dive. If you'd like to learn about what things that we have working with you that can help you get there faster, he'd be willing to chat with you about that as well. Um, but yeah, so drop advice in the comments right now. And what he will do is, uh, yeah, just shoot you a message. And if you guys hop on for a few minutes, you guys can figure out a game plan from there. Um, some of you choose to work with us, which is amazing. And we go off like a rocket ship. Um, but some of you just connect to our free stuff and, and make progress that way. So either way, I'm happy. Uh, so drop advice in the comments right now. Um, okay. So that's it for that portion. What I want to see is put out there is what questions do you have in on your situation, on your lease, on your renewal, or if there's anything I didn't cover or you need to know more of in the meantime, what would you like to hear about? Um, so go ahead and write that in the comments. Brandon advice. Awesome. Got that. Perfect. We'll do. Josh will be reaching out to you. Um, what is the one piece of advice you would give to a younger Scott with negotiating your first lease? Okay. That's a good question. Um, what would I do? So God, my first lease was a nightmare. <laughs> um, what I would do. So it really depends on the situation that I'm in. I would negotiate to the position that I'm in. I would go less aggressive. Like if I didn't have much money, which I didn't at that time, I would go aggressive in getting the tenant improvements covered by the landlord as much as possible. And I would give a longer term lease, right? I'd probably have to give a longer term personal guarantee on that. But if I was tight on cash flow, which I was when I first started, that's what I would go about it. If I'm more established, if I'm more established, what I want to do is maybe I'm willing to weather more of the TI Maybe I'm willing to weather more of the TI because I can get a better longer term lease um, lease rate, which will pay out in the end. Because it's kind of a balloon for most landlords, right? You can squish one area, it inflates another. So you want to really structure these um, to where it's advantageous for you. So that's exactly what I would do. And if I'm broke, that's what I would do. Uh, Darren, can you explain the rent increase about the five years? Happy to. So the rent increase... <clears throat> So it's very standard that like, hey, here's the rental rate. So in this case, we're at what? $15 a square foot, okay? So there's a 3% increase on that every year. Not on the cams and triple nets, okay? Just on the base rent. So 15 times 1.03%, my next year's rate would be $15.45 per square foot. The year after times 1.03 would be 15.91. Next year, 1.03, 16.40 per square foot. So it graduates. That's extremely standard. It keeps up with inflation, okay? Extremely standard. So what I've done to work around that is instead of having it do it every single year, I calculate what that rent would be after five years, okay? And so it jumps up those multiple increases. And let's say it's $15 a square foot and it ends up at 18, like at, at $17, Okay. It's probably a little bit more than that. So instead of it increasing every year and me paying that, I negotiate into my option to immediately reflect those, those five years of 3% increases. So for five years, I'll have it at $15 a square foot. And then my option to renew is at the 17 or 17.50 or whatever that would be. So basically I save many, many, many thousands of dollars but I also get them what they want. They want my rent to stay at market value. 
So that's a really good question. A really, really good question. Very smart question. So I'm getting what I want. I'm avoiding five years of rent increases, but I'm going to get them market rent in five years. And every landlord I, that I put that out to is taking that. Now, you don't see it in here because there were so many things I got in this. That being said, everything is still negotiable. So at the end of the day, uh, as we're drafting the lease on this, I can still ask for that. I can still ask for that. It's up to them to say yes or no. But the reason I went after so many things in here is because why not? Give them stuff to say no to. The more stuff you ask for, the more at the end of the day, they're going to say no to certain things or kick back, but the more likely you are to get your things, right? So you want to negotiate not on one or two levels, just the price. You want to negotiate on all these levels, you'll get a much sweeter deal. Uh, Marlo, thanks for commenting advice. Um, that's awesome. Josh, uh, make sure to reach out to her, um, figure out where she needs the help and uh, point her in the right direction. That would be great. Um, so good. So we're coming up on 40 minutes now. I don't really want it going longer. But the, the, key, the key to this, guys, I'm going to show up weekly for you. And I love more than anything. I used to struggle like crazy with my gyms. I nearly went bankrupt multiple times. Some of you know that. Some of you are new into the group. Um, but the bottom line is I was eventually able to retire into my, in my 30s from having multiple gyms. And then now they're much more profitable than they used to be as well. And we have a certain framework. We can take any model and help them really increase that. So um, anything I can do to help you achieve that same lifestyle change that I have made, that's, I, I love it. It's incredibly fulfilling. Um, so yeah, comments, uh, advice in the comments right now. We'll reach out to you, point in the right direction, see where we can help you. Um, Darren, advice, John, advice. Um, so that's great. Oh, Josh is on here. What's up, Josh? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, man. So this is the this is the guy you're going to meet. He's one of the best people in the world. Um, he was he my was previous my. mentor as well. And uh, he, he knows our PT legend systems like the back of our hand. He's dealt with dozens and dozens and dozens of gym owners and is just an amazing, genuine guy. So it's just awesome to have him on the team. What's going on, Josh? Yeah, just coming on real quick uh, to say... I'll be reaching out everybody uh, that's commented. So it's coming. Um, I can't wait to talk to y'all. Um, love to help you out uh, wherever you're at. And uh, just, yeah, super excited. Super jazzed. Talk to y'all. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, it's not an unfamiliar face, right? So you know who you're going to be talking to. Um, and that's great. So I'm coming to you every Thursday, 12 p.m. PST. Um, so mark this in your calendars. Uh, it'll be the same link as next time. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you next week. I'll bring some amazing stuff to you that you can take actionable, tactical uh, advice. So thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you are ready to start making an extra $10,000 a month or more this month by making more money with less clients and create a consistent flow of high-quality leads, you can learn about what it's like to work with me and how ridiculously affordable it is at CoachScottCarpenter.com. And if you got any value out of this episode, please pay it forward and leave a review for this show. It helps other gym owners find the answers to the huge problems that we all share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.